sometimes a game can be, at least at this point, so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. Under six minutes to go until halftime. Kylan grants it emotion to the left side. Ball between the hash marks. Matt Ryan on play action. He's dancing in the pocket. Good protection. Fires over the middle. Picked off at the 15-yard line. Right now, they're trying to get back inside the red zone for a manageable field goal here for Chase McLaughlin. Scanning. Again, in trouble. And it goes down the fourth time. <sighs> Wake up. Hey. Hello. Hello. And the Boo Birds out here at in power field as McManus on for the third time to try a field goal. That was just a matter of time. This is going to be a 34-yard field goal, and it's blocked by the Colts. It ricochets into the end zone, and the Colts get a big block. Out of the gun goes Ryan. Shotgun snap. Backs the pass. He's going to chuck it over the middle and might be intercepted. Time to wake up. Okay, hello. Can you hear me? Wake up. Wake up. I don't like this. Wilson fakes it to Gordon. In the pocket. Throws up field. Picked off by the Colts. Into the end zone. It's Stephon Gilmore. This one for Mr. Gilmore. Chase McLaughlin, four for four tonight. And the Colts have the lead in overtime. It's 12 to nine. There is no such thing as an ugly win. We're not happy about two, two, and one, but I mean, we're right there. We're right in the mix. What the hell just happened? Kevin, here's what I learned in the short nap that I got between when the game ended and getting in here this morning and then driving in this morning in this fog, right? Like I'm driving in, like, did did I get sleep? I'm not sure. And then I had this epiphany. Are you ready? Last night we found the team that has a more cloudy and screwed quarterback future than the Colts. That, that, that's what I learned last night. Like, if the Colts have a murky situation moving forward with their quarterback situation because we just don't know year in and year out who the next year's quarterback is going to be, uh, at least they're not the Denver Broncos. Yeah, some expensive uh, quarterback issues. Denver certainly feeling it a little bit more than Indianapolis. Um, I thought going to sleep would cure it, but I think my eyes are still bleeding. I was going to text your dad for some Band-Aids. Does he have some Band-Aids I can put over my <laughs> My eyes? parents have 1,700 boxes of Band-Aids, yes. Um, one day, Jake, I think I will tell Max Bowen of the Colts and Broncos and say one team just stunk less than the other team. The game should have ended in a tie. I thought they should have just met at midfield after regulation, shake hands, carry off Chase McLaughlin on their shoulders. And head to the uh, head to the showers. It was the first time I've ever, ever seen a game go to overtime and a mass exodus of fans. Yes. Like, yeah, right. That's it. We're leaving, and it's like nine thirty local 9:30, time. Nine thirty, beautiful night in Denver, and just a mass exodus. Uh, you had Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit like literally making fun of the game on many, many occasions. You had NFL agents all over social media last night, just ripping this game to shreds. Um, the Colts won, and I feel worse about the Colts than I did at 7.03 yesterday morning. So here's my question. And a way, you listen, they won, right? And I'm sure there are people that are like, I guess my question for, for fans would be this. If I sit here and say that, like, almost the worst-case scenario for the Colts was that they won that game, and now they've, like, falsified in their head this gives them some false sense that that was passable. 
are people going to get mad at me? And I'm not that I'm worried, but I mean, are people going to, would people agree with that? Or are people like, no, totally, man. I'm not saying you wanted to lose it, but is it possible the worst case scenario was to win that game and, and lead yourself to believe that that was okay? Because they looked terrible. Their offensive line looked terrible. Broken. Broken. Their quarterback looked terrible. Alec Pierce looked good. They might have they might have found something here in Alec Pierce, right? They're and they had some good running play for sure. I mean, I'll give them credit there. Chase McLaughlin, I thought your defensive stars delivered for you, Jake. But to your point, we heard from Jim Ursay. We heard from Frank Reich. That to me might have been the scariest part of the entire night was hearing the leaders. Jim Ursay, he was he's gonna find the camera after that game last night. No public accountability after the loss to Tennessee at home when you're down three scores and you talk all week on Twitter. But last night after that win, he'll find the camera. Frank Reich postgame gets off the bout, uh, gets asked about the offense. Now, I don't want to be critical about the offense. That is what is worrisome when your leaders are running from the obvious public accountability that needs to be there. Honestly, Jake, I thought some of the guys in the locker room described it in an extremely accurate manner. Um, Quentin Nelson called it disgusting. Michael Pittman was like, we won, but I have a feeling I'm going to hate watching the film tomorrow. I thought a lot of the guys in the locker room had the right sort of perspective on it of like that 65-minute performance or whatever, don't let that all of a sudden, don't let that result of a win think that this football team is a legit January type of team. Uh, good morning to you, by the way, on a Friday, and it is a Colts victory Friday. Uh, it feels odd to say that almost. Uh, Jake Query here. That was Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton, who worked very hard in the wee turnaround time between the end of the Colts game and when we have gotten in this morning putting together the audio that you will hear, which is much appreciated. It is Kevin and Query here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Kevin, I wanted to be delicate in my words so I used the word flirting, even though I knew they were already there. And people certainly were very quick to react to say, uh, they're not flirting with man, they've already married. But the reality is this. The Colts, in my opinion, have entered into an arena that every professional sports franchise is most terrified of. Most professional sports franchises are, there's only one thing they fear more than being winless. There's only one thing they fear more than being controversial. And that's where the Colts are. This team's boring. They're boring. I, are there people that are enticed now, if it wasn't a divisional game, to turn around in 10 days and go watch them play Jacksonville? Their offense is boring. Their defense is made plays when they needed to, but is competent. I mean, I'll say that, but they're relying on a, a kicker that people got to know for the first time, you know, intermittently, but it's not like he's been around a long time. I, they're boring. Yeah, they are boring, and again, there's no young quarterback hope. And when you combine that, it is an extremely dangerous place to be as a franchise. I had the feel driving in this morning, Jake, of will this season turn into the 2015 season in the Chuck Pagano-Ryan Grigson era? Will this season be the 
Ballard and Wright kind of holding on for dear life. Ursay after the season is a little bit more public in the that was disappointing. That's not what we're about. That's not the standard of the franchise, but we're going to run it back one more time. And Matt Ryan's $35 million cap hit is sitting there, and that means he's going to be the quarterback in 2023. And that's scary. That, that I think, is the most alarming aspect to how it feels right now on October 7th to me. Um, that is now seven straight games of 20 points or fewer. And, again, if you're Jim Mersey, you have got to realize in 2022 NFL, and you tweeted it out back in January – the game is supposed to be favoring the offensive side of the ball and the Colts cannot sniff competent play over there. Their highest paid offensive line in the league just made three rather drastic position changes in a week where they didn't practice. I can't wait to talk to Jeff Saturday about that. I mean, think about that on October 6th, you're sitting there saying, yep, we need to make Three starting lineup changes to the O-line, and we are going to do it in a week without any practice. And the result? Six sacks, two for 16 on third down, no touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. And Matt Ryan right now, as I said on Monday, I, I, I just see a I see horrific decision-making. I see Carson Wentz's interceptions last year being Houdini-like, and I see the Matt Ryan turnovers simply being a guy that is walking up the 18th hole and in no way, shape, or form, in my opinion, should he be the quarterback next fall. Did you see that their points per game also went down after last night's performance? They're already the lowest total points in a game. No, I can tell you. It dipped to 13.8. Now, see, I could have told you that, but just the algebra. In my yeah. head, I could have done that. I'm sorry. I took that lightning away Steal from my you. thunder. That's fine. Those Ryan interceptions, guys? Horrific. It, it, it's not like... Arm strength trying to fit a ball into a 28-yard window on an out pattern. It's like middle of the field, some of the cleanest pockets all night, and he throws it right to them. Is he under siege? Sure. But on some of those turnovers, oh, my God. I, I didn't mean, see a white jersey in some of those. Where I'm like, what is he even looking? Right. Like, I, I felt see? like if that Denver defender wouldn't have picked it off, the next guy would have. And that is really worrisome to me. He already has as many interceptions as Wentz had last season, and now you're at 11 fumbles on the year form. Do we have enough body of work five games in to say Matt Ryan's done? To say, you know what, nice guy, great career, it's over. If you want to be a playoff football team, he's done. Yeah. But again, when you listen to Jim Mersey and Frank Reich after the game last night, to me – you just hear guys that are <sighs> exhale, celebrate it. You don't hear that performance is not acceptable. And that needs to be there. You you can sit there and say to yourself, we're 2-2-1. Two, two and one. We will take the win. But that performance in no way, shape, or form is acceptable. And I didn't hear any of that. Particularly from the owner last night. I think Shane asked a good question here. I thought about this on the way in, too. Do you give credit for the Colts for winning that game, or did the Broncos lose it? There's a – it literally – there was a time where that game looked like the hot potato that nobody wanted to be holding on to, right? It was like, here, I mean – yeah, I will give credit to the Colts in this regard. In the overtime, when they had to, they went down the field and they scored. But then they allowed Denver right back down there, and if it were not for 
a, a boneheaded play by Russell Wilson. I, I mean, was he concussed? And I say that in all seriousness, Jake. What was worse, the fourth and one decision by Wilson or the third and four interception he threw to Gilmore there just before the two-minute warning? Yeah, I mean, that was... <laughs> he could have scrambled for the first down there that would have let them pretty much ice the clock down. McManus, well, they wouldn't even need to have kicked a field goal, right? They were up three at that point, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Like, all the skepticism that I, I've tried to say here in the first 10 minutes, that all is there for me, Jake. But at the same time, I think I, I definitely want to acknowledge Alec Pierce, Chase McLaughlin, and a theme we've had through the first month of the season, Jake, has been your highest paid guys are not paying, are not playing to that level. Last night, Gilmore, Buckner, yeah, Kenny Buckner Moore made the biggest pl- one of the biggest plays of the night. The coin flip? Well... <laughs> That's a good one. He did bat that ball away that probably would have been a touchdown down the seam. Um, Grover Stewart had the block field goal. Huge moment there in the third quarter. I thought your defensive stars finally sniffed the contract value that they are earning. Yeah, that's fair. And so I, I do want to acknowledge that. And I thought, honestly, on the last play of the game, the Colts... Felt like had gotten a tough. Wh- I believe Bernard Ryman just got whistled for another penalty. By the way, oh, um, was I'll be back? Was that like <laughs> I'll be on my back? Is what he okay. meant to say. <laughs> That's what it was. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> That's I was, what he I was meant curious to say. What, what, yeah. he, what he meant by that? Um, he said I'll be back, and the defense is like, yeah, please be. Yeah, I thought he was saying more. to his native land in Austria, like I'll, I'll be back. My my, my NFL stay is not going to last very long. Um, I thought the Colts got a, a tough whistle at times last night, so I thought Gilmore getting away with a little grabbiness with um, Cortland Sutton in the end zone was totally fair. This one for Mr. Gilmore. Now, let me let me tell you something else that I thought was introduced last night. And this will be something maybe we can ask Jeff Saturday, who's going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. When is Jonathan Taylor's contract, when is he up for a new contract? Kevin. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's in year three of four on his rookie deal. So did we see last night, did did Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay and Frank Reich and whoever else is going to be around when that time comes, did we see last night that shelling out top dollar to retain Jonathan Taylor is probably not as important as you think? I know he's a great player. I don't dispute that in any way, shape, or form. But is there any quarterback or is there any position in the NFL in 2022 that is more interchangeable than running back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we said it yesterday during this opening segment. There's not a more replaceable position in football than correct. running back. Correct. Deion Jackson, Phillip Lindsay, 24 carries for 82 yards. So right around four a pop for them. And you had been at that number with and, Taylor. And, and they got good play out of them when they needed it, right? I mean, they were able to. Use them out of the backfield. I mean, they got – I thought those guys both played well. Yeah, I would agree. Six of 31 on third down, six fumbles, 12 punts, 0 for 6 in the red zone. Uh, ESPN threw out this stat afterwards. The Colts are the first team to win a football game since 1973 without scoring a touchdown, throwing multiple interceptions, and being sacked at least six times. <laughs> well, Where were you in 1973, Jake? Uh, I was probably Max Bowen, right? Depending on when it was in 1973. 
This so I I would have been just over a year old. I would have been basically doing what the Colts were doing for the better part of last night, filling diapers and puking on myself. <laughs> if you that might have been more exciting, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have been all for yeah. that. All right, what surprise is going to be in this diaper? Um, if you are the head of NFL programming for ESPN... Are to you... be fair, I was doing that until like seven years ago, but what's that? If you are the head of uh, the NFL programming for ESPN, are you uh, looking into how we get the Colts off of Monday Night Football? Boy, that did do him any favors. We want more primetime games. Like, yeah, sit down. Sit down, Jim. We're not doing any more primetime games with you guys for a while. I, I I just think this is my worry right now. At 2-2-1, two, two, and one, that should be, like, the definition of average, right? Two wins, two losses, and a tie. And in the five games times four quarters, so that's 20 quarters. Well, let's throw out the overtimes. In the 20 quarters of football the Colts have played this season, they've been the better team than their opponent in what? Three of them? Four of them? That's where it's concerning. It's not like you have been even 10 or 11 quarters of, okay, there are moments where you are clearly offensively, defensively, special teams, the better football team than your opponent. Um, And again, it just has this weird feel of, this season will get brushed under the rug. And I think it's really dangerous for the future of the franchise. I just, it just feels to me like they're just stuck in the mud. I mean, you know, here's a text I got. Jake, that win in that fashion was the worst-case scenario. They're going to keep kicking the can down the road yep. on some yep. much-needed pressure and changes. Who's that from? I got to run the number here. If you just sent me this from the 965 number, send me your name. <laughs> I just want to give him credit because I, I could not agree more on that. I, I mean, that's the that's the takeaway from me is the fact that, sure, it's a win. Which is such a, it's such and, a weird thing to say on October 7th. It's just a thing where everybody exhaled. The pressure's off for 10 days now. They're like, okay, we can regather ourselves. We we didn't blow this game. Like That's all it is. Like you said, just kicking the can down the road. It's... There's no solutions coming. Aaron is who sent that, by the way. Somebody asked in the chat. I can't find where it was off the top of the head. Say, Colts get a higher draft pick than the Pacers. Bet. That's a scary thing to think about in October. Boy, that is. No. The the, the, the Colts need a higher draft pick than the Pacers. But the Pacers are legit, like, tearing it down. Right. They're trying to be bad on purpose. The Colts are, for all their... Well, like I said yesterday, the Pacers... the Pacers at least have been transparent about it. The Pacers have said, like, listen, here's what we're doing. The, the, here's the thing. Well, the Colts aren't hiding, are, aren't trying to hide something, Jake. They literally believe right, that right, they are good. Right. The, the, the difference between the Pacers and the Colts right now is that with the Pacers, there is, we don't know what direction it's going to go. We don't know that it's going to work out, but there is at least a game plan. For the Colts, there is a level of what is the game plan? What is the long-term game plan here? So you have a left guard, a tailback, a middle linebacker, and a couple of pass rushers that are showing to be pretty good, but they're going to be exiting their prime when who in the hell ever your quarterback is going to be is just starting to get his footing underneath them in the NFL. Unless you just keep kicking the can on 
38-year-old guys that literally look like their arm is jello. I, what's the game plan? We'll take your calls, 317-239-1070. The Colts, uh, was, I don't even know what the final score was. Jake, 12 to 9. 12 to 9. Hey, Jake, uh, the good news is we don't have to watch the Colts play Sunday. That's what I said. I said we all need this 10-day break. Brad in the oh YouTube God, chat says, says the Colts aren't stuck in a mud puddle. Mud is easy to is cheap to wash off. They're stuck in an oil spill. Oof. Boy, hard to disagree with that. That's pretty strong. Uh, Quiddy Pay carted off last night. It was an ankle injury. I think Joel Erickson had that Quiddy was on crutches in the locker room afterwards. Um, obviously, that will be a big injury to keep an eye on. And you hate to see what happened to Naheem Hines. The Hines hit. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't even. I, I feel like I've seen a lot more direct hits to the head. That one to me didn't even look like it was like. Boy, you know, he, his head got knocked off like you see guys over the middle of the field, and yet he got up and he didn't oh, know what. Man. I mean, and I'm not making light of it. He didn't know what direction no. he was walking. I thought God, it was more was of a reaction of his. I thought his head hit the hit the field. I thought that's what did it, not the head okay. itself. But I thought his head smacked. You I know, that would make a little bit guys. More I'll sense. be honest with you, and and I don't want to be overreactionary. I don't want to be hyperbole. And, and I get it. I understand these guys love playing the game. I understand they make good money. I, I get all that. And I understand the feeling of immortality that one has in their 20s. I had it too. But, man, if I'm Naeem Hines or I'm Tua Tungavaloa and I'm watching video and I'm seeing myself in that situation, I'm taking a long, hard look at, like, I, that's it. I mean, I'm looking at guys when – when they do the Hall of Fame enshrinement and guys can barely walk out on the field and I'm looking at one situation like that and listening to players and guys that I that I know that are my age that played in the league that have daily struggles and I'm like, that's it. I mean, that's scary stuff, man. Yeah, scary, yeah. scary stuff. Absolutely hate to see that for Hines. Um, Ryan Kelly left with a hip. Uh, how do you think they'll pick the starting offensive line against Jacksonville next they, Sunday? I was thinking uh, like in question. the tail on blue, maybe. That's exactly right. I, it's funny you mentioned that. I, that's what I'd heard is they have a wheel that they spin. Uh-huh. They, they actually got Union Jack over in Speedway. Yeah. Just uh, closed, and they had an auction where they auctioned off a lot of the, the interior. Uh, my understanding is there's a shoe carnival from uh, East Washington Street, they did the same thing. Pace or the Colts won the wheel. The the wheel you spin for discounts and things. They gotcha. won, and the linemen they do it each each Monday. Actually, it's supposed to be a fun activity. It's one of the fun things they do in the complex on Mondays. Determine next week's starting roster. I thought it was going to be one of those. Okay, come out to the blueing of the canal, and you can pick the starting right guard. <laughs> You, buddy, off the street, you want to play? <laughs> that, no? They may be at that position. At, uh, let me ask you this, and, and I know we're way over here. We'll get to the check down and everything coming up in a second, Kevin. But um, God love him. I mean, nothing against him as a guy, but I, his map, his map prior, like, do you remember the game Cliffhanger on, on Price is Right? Oh, one of my favorites. It's the best, right? The yodeling guy? Oh, yeah. Prior to the Olay to Bradley Chubb one of those times. <laughs> he did. But, you know, the cliffhanger, when it gets to the end of the cliff, remember, I mean, it just falls off. Like, it just disappears. In terms of getting pushed on the offensive line depth chart, is Matt Pryor now just about to fall off of that cliff? Like, is he? he's, he's right there. 
And, I mean, they've moved him around now. But the problem is, are they going to have to put Pryor back at left tackle? Like, what's well, going on? I, I think the guy that'll catch him will be this man. I'm Bernard Ryman, and I'll be back. <laughs> Do you think that means back on the bench? <laughs> wow. I mean, he 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 had a few. Didn't they show one play where Bernard Ryman, uh, like, slipped and fell forward and then tried to tackle a guy? And at one point, I think Danny Pinter had a sack. Did he not? <laughs> I, I say this in all seriousness, and we can get in the offensive line. We obviously will with Jeff Saturday. The Colts have a honest, they have a real decision to make, and if their contract values weren't at the level that they're at, there would be no decision. But honestly, if you're going to go play a football game next Sunday, I'd rather have Danny Pinter at center than Ryan Kelly. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Which is so sad to say, considering where you're at with the offensive line. 317-239-1070. Do you think the sun will rise today, or is it just one of those days <laughs> where, you know, the, we, we just The cloud of that game has moved. Oh, and it was a beautiful night outside last night here and in Denver. Right? For those that believe in a higher being, I think, you know, that higher being might just say, no sun in Denver, no sun in Indianapolis yeah. today. You guys don't deserve it tonight. No sun.